1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Spiritual Application of Passover. This is part two of the series. Now, let's examine in greater detail what is said regarding the historical Egyptian Passover. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 through 6, It says these words, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goat and you shall keep it Up until the fourteenth day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. The blood of the lamb was put on the doorpost. Exodus chapter 12 verse 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. The lamb was to be eaten with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. Exodus chapter 12 verses 8 and 9. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herb. They shall eat it. Eat not at rod, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinent thereof. The lamb was to be eaten with the staff in your hand. And thus you shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, once again, The blood of the Lamb was put on the doorpost. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon your houses, wherein you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. The Hebrew word for Passover is Pesach. And Pesach means to pass or to hover over. And there's two spiritual meanings of Pesach, passing or hovering over, as it relates to Yeshua the Messiah and our personal relationship with him. Number one, it represents passing over from death and sin, that's Egypt, to salvation. That is redemption in Yeshua the Messiah. Number two, it represents allowing by faith the blood of Yeshua to hover over our lives and to give us divine protection from the enemy passover is the beginning of month exodus chapter 12 verse 2 this month shall be unto you the beginning of month it shall be the first month of the year to you even as passover is the beginning of month repenting of our sins which is leaving egypt and putting the blood of yeshua upon our heart is the first step in our salvation in Messiah. Accepting Yeshua as Messiah is the beginning of our redeemed walk. Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? What is sin? Transgressing the Torah. When we sin, we're in bondage. And so when we sin, we're in Egypt. Shall we remain in Egypt that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? If we're dead to sin, that means we leave Egypt. And how would we leave Egypt? With a staff in our hand. We're to do it quickly. How shall we live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Yeshua HaMashiach was baptized into his death? How were we baptized into his death? We do it when we put the blood of the lamb, his blood, upon our doorpost or upon our hearts. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Messiah was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. And how do we walk? Walk is how we live our lives. What is the newness of life? Not serving sin, not following the ways of the world and the world system. What's the opposite of that? Being servants of the God of Israel. And what did the God of Israel say? When I redeem you from Egypt, you will serve me on this mountain. Where is the mountain? The mountain is keeping His commandments. So we're servants of the God of Israel with the purpose of keeping His commandments. And Yeshua said in John chapter 14 verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. We need to understand that even as Passover is the beginning months, accepting Yeshua as the Messiah is the beginning of our walk. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be a Messiah, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. That means you've left Egypt. Behold, all things are become new. That's because you put the blood of the lamb upon the doorpost. You accepted Yeshua as the Messiah. The lamb was to be hidden for four days. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 and verse 6, it says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, and you shall keep it unto the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So the lamb was to be kept for four days. Who is the lamb of the God of Israel that takes away the sins of the world? It is Yeshua. So this is a picture of him that he was hidden for four days. He didn't come to the earth to reveal the Father in the manner that he did until 4,000 years following the creation of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. How is this so? That is because each day in creation represents 1,000 years of time. How do we understand that? Because it says in Psalm chapter 90 and verse 4 For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. A thousand years is compared to yesterday. Yesterday is a day. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 8 says, But beloved be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Each day in creation represented a thousand years of time. Yeshua then came four thousand years after the creation of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Now, you remember with that in mind, that's how we can understand in Acts chapter 2. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel in the last days. Now, wait a second. That event that happened in Acts chapter 2 happened 2,000 years ago. How can that be called the last days? That's because there's seven days to time, and that event happened after the fourth day, and after you've made it to the fourth day, you are in the end of days. There's only three more days to go. So that event happened in the last days. Yeshua was examined four days to see if there was any blemishes in him, just like that lamb. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 1, and then verses 9 through 11, it says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage, under the Mount of Olives, then sent Yeshua two disciples. And the multitudes that went before that followed cried saying Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he that comes in the name of Yahweh Hosanna in the highest and when he was coming to Jerusalem all the city was moved saying who is this and the multitude said this is Yeshua the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee following this, what Yeshua does in Matthew chapter 21 verses 12 and 13 and verse 17 Yeshua went into the temple of the God of Israel and he cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold dust. What's he doing? He's removing leaven from the house of the God of Israel. Exactly what was commanded at Passover season, to get the leaven out of your houses. So he's going into the house of the God of Israel, the temple. And he's seeing leaven in that house and he's getting rid of it. And Yeshua said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. I want you to notice what Yeshua calls the temple. He calls it his house. He goes in the temple and says, my house. What does traditional Christianity say about the temple? Well, it was destroyed and did away with and it's not even necessary anymore. It serves no purpose. But Yeshua calls something that Christianity says doesn't serve any purpose. He calls it his house. I'd like to submit to you it really is his house and he will rebuild that temple in three days and we are at the beginning of the third day Yeshua then left and went out of the city into Bethany and he lodged there now in the morning as he returned in the city he hungered and when he was come into the temple the chief priests and the elders and the people came unto him as he was teaching and said by what authority do you do these things and who gave you this authority what are they doing They're questioning and they're examining the Lamb of the God of Israel. And they're saying, now let me see if there's any spot in you. Who gave you the authority to do what you're doing? Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. They're trying to find a blemish in him. Tell us, therefore, this is how they're trying to find the blemish. What do you think? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? So Yeshua answers. But that same day in Matthew chapter 22 and verses 23 through 28, it is written, that That same day came to him now the Sadducees which say there is no resurrection. Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. So those that don't believe in the resurrection of the dead are coming to Yeshua and guess what they're going to ask him a question about? The resurrection of the dead. What hypocrite? They don't even believe in the resurrection of the dead and they're trying to ask him a question about the resurrection of the dead. Saying, Master, Moses said if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. What is this referring to? The leveret marriage. Now there were with the seven brethren and the first when he had married a wife deceased and having no issue left his wife unto his brother. In other words, they're following the Torah commandments of a marriage. Likewise, the second and the third and even the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her, or they all were married to her. So the Pharisees questioned him, the Sadducees questioned him. And now in Matthew 22, verses 34 through 36, there is more questioning and examination of Yeshua. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, which means he was a student of the Torah, asked him a question, tempted him, saying, Master, which is is the great commandment in the Torah. So they're examining him on every little issue to see if there's any blemish in his doctrine. It continues on then following this incident that Yeshua then gets examined by Pilate. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Yeshua to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. And Yeshua stood before the governor and the governor asked, Are you the king of the Jews? Now, what really is he being asked? What does it mean to be king of the Jews? Well, what is the expectation that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to set up the kingdom of the God of Israel on the earth, the messianic kingdom. So Pilate is asking, are you the Messiah that has got to come to set up this messianic kingdom? Yeshua said, that's what you say. In other words, he said, yes, that's true. And When he was accused of the chief priest and the elders, now the chief priest and the elders are still examining him, he answered them nothing. Pilate then finds that Yeshua is without blemish. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 24 it says, When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. He examined him and couldn't find any blemish in him. Now Yeshua is examined by Herod. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and the people, I find no fault in him. This is Luke chapter 23 verse 4. Now continuing on in Luke chapter 23 I'm reading from verses 7, 9 and 11. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction he sent him to Herod who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. Then he questioned with him in many words but he answered him nothing. And Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. Yeshua is examined by Annas, the high priest. It says in Luke chapter 3, verse 2, Annas and Caiaphas were both high priests. And at that time, the word of the God of Israel came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. Now we are in John chapter 18, verses 12 and 13 and verse 24. It says, Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Yeshua and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year you see the office of the high priest was bought and sold it was a corrupted office in the days of the Romans now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest in John chapter 18 verse 14 and then verses 19 and 20 and verse 28 it is written now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people the high priest then asked Yeshua of his disciples and of his Doctrine. Yeshua answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I even taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whether the Jews always resort. And in secret, have I said nothing. In other words, you know what I've taught. I've been around here. I've been in the temple. Then led they Yeshua from Caiaphas under the hall of judgment. He's still being examined. He's going to the hall of judgment. And it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Yeshua was examined by Judas in Matthew chapter 27 verses 3 and 4 then Judas which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood Judas recognized that Yeshua was without blemish and they said hey what's that to us? See thou to that. Yeshua was examined by the centurion in Matthew chapter 27 verse 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Yeshua saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the son of the God of Israel. Yeshua is examined by the repentant thief who died with him on the tree. Luke chapter 23, verses 39 through 43 says, And one of the thieves, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If you are the Messiah, save yourself and save us. But the other answer rebuked him, saying, Don't you fear the God of Israel, seeing that you are in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, in other words, we're getting what we deserve, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, Yeshua, he has done nothing amiss. He's done nothing to deserve the punishment that is upon us. And so then he said to Yeshua, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Yeshua said unto him, Verily I say unto you, Today you shall be with me in paradise. When we examine Yeshua, we likewise need to find him without blemish. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 18 and 19 it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, that's silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers. What is the tradition of your fathers? It is the oral law. And so what it's saying is you're not redeemed by the tradition of your fathers. You're not redeemed by following the oral law. But this is how you are redeemed. You're redeemed with the precious blood of Yeshua as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The lamb of Yahweh is Yeshua. In Genesis chapter 22 verse 7 it says, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Who is that lamb that became a burnt?" offering? It is Yeshua the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1 and verse 7. Who has believed thy report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The word arm there in Hebrew is Zeroa. Zerohah is the Hebrew term for the shank bone that is on your plate at Passover. Yeshua is the Zerohah, the shank bone, the Lamb of the God of Israel. For he was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth today traditional Judaism argues that Isaiah chapter 53 is not speaking about Yeshua it's speaking about the nation of Israel now if you go back and really read the writings of the rabbis uh, the earlier writings they will be honest and say Isaiah 53 speaks about the Messiah but modern Judaism in order to distance themselves from anything having to do with Yeshua makes a counter-argument. But they are partially correct in their argument, and how are they partially correct saying that Isaiah 53 says, speaks about the nation of Israel because it's based upon this principle. What happens to the Messiah happens to Israel and what happens to Israel happens to the Messiah. Why? Because he is one with his people. The nation of Israel has suffered these things and so the Messiah suffered these things as well because it tells us in all their affliction he was afflicted. And so John chapter 1 verse 29 says, the next day John seeing Yeshua coming unto him said, behold the Lamb of God, Yeshua is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb was of the first year. Exodus chapter 12, verse 5. Your Lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep and the goats. The firstborn of both man and beast is to be set aside and given to the God of Israel. We can see this in Exodus chapter 13, verse 2, and then Verses 11 through 13, as it is written Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it's mine. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore unto you and to your fathers, and shall give it to you, that ye shall set apart unto the Lord all that open the matrix, and every first sling that comes of the beast which you have, the males shall be the Lord's, and every first sling of a donkey shall you redeem with a lamb and if you do not redeem it then you shall break his neck and all the firstborn of man among the children of Israel shall you redeem Yeshua was the firstborn of Miriam and Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 and 21 and then verses 24 and 25 it is written but while he thought on these things behold the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David fear not to take unto you Mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Ruach HaKodesh the Holy Spirit and she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Yeshua for he will save his people from their sins then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Yeshua Yeshua is the firstborn of many brethren Romans chapter 8 verse 29 and then Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 and 18 for whom he did foreknow he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren who is the image of the invisible Elohim the firstborn of every creature. And he is the head of the body, the congregation, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminent. Going back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 5, the lamb was a male. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, the spiritual application of Passover. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
1: Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is Hebrutes.org. That's hebroot dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and